0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live, wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life... We wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss
2: out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello, and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Slott, Jr., and I'd like to welcome you to today's show, Black Friday Sales, Verify First, Buy Later. That may not sound intuitive to most of us, but uh, the reality is, after you've heard this show, you will understand that everything is not quite what we seem to think it is at the time we seem to think it is that. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about today's show. It's made possible by our sponsors, BQPM LLC and Secure Components. Our sponsors, BQPM, Business and Quality Process Management Consulting and Training, excellent company to go to for their services in uh, setting up your counterfeit avoidance and your hazardous substance free environments. You can find them at www.bqpm.com. Our other host, or sponsor rather, is Secure Components, independent distributor, serving amongst others our military support groups, providing hard-to-find, obsolete components to military and other life-critical environments. Secure Components can be found at www.securecomponents.com. We also have two additional websites for you. The Hazardous Substance-Free website, you can find that at hsf.us. That's www.hsf.us. There you can find out all the things that are important to ensuring your safety when it comes to hazardous substance-free products. And the other one is counterfeitavoidance.org. www.counterfeitavoidance.org. That's where we are the center of excellence for all things counterfeit, or if you be, if you will, anti-counterfeit. The uh, goal there is to help companies prevent, uh, or if you will, mitigate the use of counterfeit components, passing them through the supply chain. Our show today is divided into three segments. In the first two segments, my guest Don Baker, founder of Component Trends in 2003, now known as C-Trends, will talk with us about counterfeit materials, counterfeit components, and what C-Trends does and how Don, who's a veteran in this business, sees the future of anti-counterfeit We'll then uh, move on to the topic of the show, or if you will, part of the topic of the show, which is the Black Friday part, and I will give you some thinking, some thoughts rather, to keep get your thinking going about how you're going to be sure that when you buy for your family and friends over the holidays, you're buying hazardous substance-free materials. So without further ado, let me go back and bring Don online here. Don is, as I said, Don Baker, CEO of C-Trends. You can find it while we're talking. If you want to see where he's at, you can go to www.ctrends.com. Uh, Don, are you there? I'm there, Stan. How are yeah, you doing? I am doing excellent and I want to thank you very much for joining me today on the show and talking with our audience about all things anti-counterfeit, if you will and well, converse, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to be on your show well it's certainly our pleasure don we we certainly appreciate experts like yourself joining us and talking about the important things of life now let's see i i'm gonna i'm gonna touch just a bit on a bio here that talks about you uh Although you don't look old enough, you, you actually started C-Trends back in 2003. You've done a number of things uh, in the trusted supplier or trustworthy supplier industry. Uh, if you don't mind, why don't you give us a bit of a what do you do and how do you do it And before we get talking about what it is we're talking about. <laughs> Certainly.
3: Uh, basically, uh, we started as Component Trends 10 years ago as a broker distributor and we have since uh, compiled four core competencies that help us do our job to mitigate risk. Um, Those companies include uh, component data analysis which helps us do optimization uh, for customers. We do distribution and procurement for customers. Um, Risk mitigation, we have an in-house lab to help mitigate uh, parts so we can do product verification to make sure the part where shipping is the part that you need, and we also do what we call renewable resource management, nice fancy word for excess material for customers. Um, basically using those competencies, we uh, we support the manufacturing cycle. We work with design engineers, component engineers, document control, prototyping, new product introduction, production, repair warranty, and excess. So that's kind of the manufacturing cycle. So moving forward, that, yeah, moving forward with that, so the certifications required, the competent personnel, and uh, the current uh, problem we've had since the early 2000s with the counterfeit has really given us a leg up and allowed us to push forward uh, as a trustworthy uh, supplier in the industry.
2: Let's let's talk a little bit. Um, you know, that that sounds like a heavy plateful, and and when we think about counterfeiting, when we think about components, uh, obviously 747s uh, were built a long time ago with technology that doesn't ex- actually get used anymore. And we have missiles that sit in the silos or sit on the ground and wait for an unfortunate opportunity to be used. Uh, this all whole Seems to say that we should have all the parts we need for these things. I mean, they've been around for a long time. Why, why don't we have components that we can just buy and use? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I'll explain that
3: uh, real briefly. What happens is we have OCM's original component manufacturers that make these chips, and they are on a life cycle um, scale. Also, that go from introduction to growth to maturity to saturation, to decline, and phase out in obsolescence, kind of like the manufacturing cycle. So what happens with these chips, they usually only have a three to five year build process, and then they go obsolete. So if a manufacturer is doing a long legacy project, does not buy these parts in a timely manner, they become obsolete. And the only way to get these parts after that is to find them in the excess market. Uh, other people that have done built other projects that may have those parts. Uh, the only other way that they can do that is redesign, and that's hard to do when you have a missile that you've done this. Uh, you know, a, a missile, uh, an airplane, or something. So a lot of these projects are sometimes 20, 30 years
2: old. Well, th- that that brings, <laughs> and I know this is going to sound crazy to some of us who who've been in the uh, the electronics business for a long time, but I, I've got to I've got to say it this way. Uh, you know, I. I was talking to uh, Dale from Lansdale last week, and he and I got talking about old cars, antiques, and how we just go down to the local uh, junkyard, and when we need an authentic part for a car, we can find one. Why can't we do that for these parts?
3: Well, I can address that also. And actually, it's, it's funny you say Lansdale. I just talked with uh, Lee myself on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> so we're in the same, same crowd there. Um, interesting that you would want to go to the obsolescence yard and pick those parts. And I want to briefly explain that what three ways to find material in the market are. One is obviously direct from the OCM that's still manufacturing it. Um, the second, as I explained before, is surplus material that a project may have ended and it may be out available for, to find in the markets or repurpose. And then the other one is the real bad name, the e-waste, the renewable parts, the refurbished parts. Um, now, it may be okay to use that material for commercial things, you know, if you're building a, a clock, a kid's toy, a yo-yo or something. But if you're gonna go into high reliability projects, satellites, missiles, and stuff like that, the chance of using that material that's been refurbished um, minimizes the efficiency of that project. Now, if, if you put something on a board, um, you don't know, and take it off a board, you don't know the ESD features of it, how it was taken, if the proper heat was used, how long that part was used. So if you try to propagate that to a new project, you have inherent problems.
2: You know, I want to get serious now because I wasn't trying to be comical before, but you're bringing up subjects that are near and dear to many of us, and they are that electronics has been moving very rapidly over the last 10, 15, 20 years. I think it's Moore's Law that I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it it basically says everything's moving faster and it's doubling or 10x or something like that. I don't know if you remember the the calculation on it but essentially we're we have components and in the past we used to buy mill grade what was called a military grade or a high reliability part and I sense that that's not uh, for our listening audience that's not the reality anymore well,
3: there has been a transition um, for financial reasons and just for availability. A lot of these projects now, what they've done instead of using the the QPL um, part, they've actually uh, went to what they call a COTS, a custom off-the-shelf or commercial part. Right. Um, and some of these manufacturers now, with this the new high-tech uh, chips and the hybrids, they actually develop these chips only for commercial not for the high rail. We have many customers that, you know, they build these projects for these high rail things, but even the manufacturers won't certify the part to a to a mill grade part. And it, it's kind of hard because the new technology is necessary to make this new equipment and you know, for the warfighters. But there is is a lack of the QPL mill high rail product. So it's kind of commingled in it's funny you bring that up because we're, we're talking about that on the G19D board currently, which is a standard of how to um, present uh, information to your customer so you understand the actual application, um, how you quote it to the customer, if it's an ITAR restricted part, and what the risk is of this part. So a lot of this new information has to be driven to the people building these old legacy projects so they know what, what the risk is and how to mitigate that risk.
2: Yes. Let, let's, um, just for the listening audience that might not uh, be familiar with some of the terms we might be using, and I say we, I'm talking about Don and I here, ITAR, um, specifically, it's classified material. It's, uh, what's it actually stand for? Do you remember?
3: International Trapping of Arms
2: Regulations. There you go. And it is the regulation that says it's, it's classified. When we talk about the mill grade or the high reliability, you know, Intel, if you will, and I don't mean to pick on Intel, but Intel's links, any manufacturer of an IC component will tell you that their parts are good for uh, literally thousands and thousands of hours of usage. What actually makes a high rail part different from, and I, I hope I'm not putting, on, putting you on a spot here, Don, but uh, what makes the, the high rail part different from the part that's in my laptop?
3: Well, the high rail parts are basically um, vetted by the, the government. What happens is called a QPL qualified product that the government goes out and all the testing parameters are done thoroughly on every single part Um, some of the other parts uh, as you may know the commercial parts uh, may be manufactured in a fab uh, somewhere in Malaysia they're making millions of those parts but it's not a vetted uh, QPL part so to have a higher reliability stamp on a part, it has to be vetted and approved by the U.S. government. And that goes into another organization um, vetted by the DOD called the DMEA, which they are trusted uh, fabs that, that they right. have. And so it's, it's, produced, it's produced in a very systematic manner that you, you know uh, in the testing parameters and they've been burned in and they know that product has reliability. So that's the difference. Right.
2: And, and it goes without saying, when you, we talk about, and just to, to kind of throw in here from a technical standpoint, these are, when we talk about high rail parts, we're talking about parts that will operate from a roughly a minus, I think it's 50 degrees to a plus 125 degrees C temperature rating parts that will withstand uh, a certain amount of radiation because when they get at altitude, you get closer to the, to the radiation sources. So you're really talking about a component that's designed for the purpose it's being used in. Correct. Uh, and,
3: and, and even further right now, I mean, as we continue with the new sciences... They're learning more and more things to make these parts even more reliable. For example, I believe it was in 2003, um, most of the parts uh, are made of lead, which is fine. But as production transitioned, they went to a, a tin lead base and what they found out, unfortunately, there was a phenomenon called tin whiskers, that the tin actually in a zero gravity started to crystallize and grow these little whiskers and was shorting itself out. And it took them years to find out why this was happening. So as time goes, so does the sciences, so, so does product evolution. And and uh, it's exciting to be in this industry. But as you mentioned before, the counterfeit problem with uh, the surplus parts coming back in to, to affect these projects is, is overwhelming.
2: Yes, it certainly is. Um I want to I uh, talk a bit about the tin whisker thing because uh, I want to go back in history just a little bit, and we'll do that when we come back. We're going to take a quick break here and uh, let the station identify itself and let our sponsors uh, once again be shared with you. As soon as we get back, Don and I will pick up where we're leaving off and talk more about uh, my favorite subject, beard and all, my tin whisker story look forward to talking to you stay tuned we'll be right back
0: Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again,
1: 484-222-5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy from new clothing, cars, toys, power cords and charging units to your garden hose and the drywall in your home? Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now! Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salot S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People.
2: Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host Salat, Jr.. I'd like to welcome you back to today's show Black Friday sales. verify first, buy later. Uh, that doesn't it really goes without saying that uh, well Black Friday is the holiday season. Be just as cautious when buying components for uh, use in a manufacturing environment or service environment to buying those those gifts for your family and friends during the holiday season. I only need to mention again our sponsors. Without sponsorship, we can't do these shows. And uh, BQPM is one of our sponsors at www.bqpm.com. And Secure Components, an independent distributor, certified AS6081, first actual certified uh, independent distributor in the world to that standard. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com want to reintroduce Don Baker. If you haven't uh, been listening to us until now, Don is the CEO of C-Trends. He is well involved and extremely knowledgeable about uh, a lot of things in the electronics industry and today we're talking with Don about the counterfeit mitigation programs and what I call the counterfeit pandemic. Welcome back Don. Thank you Stan. Just before we went on break, we we started talking about tin whiskers. And uh, I promised the audience that I'd mention something about that. As you mentioned, back in time, it was found, and particularly as we started, we as as the U.S. started sending equipment into outer space, uh, satellites particularly, we found failures because of what was later called tin whiskers. And this, as you pointed out, is a a place where the tin fractures. And going back in time again, talking about what would be considered the old days, which wasn't really that long ago. uh, We had a lot of space between circuit connections, but the tin would actually fracture and short out. The circuit it would add an impedance. It would change the dynamics, the functionality of the uh, equipment that was up in outer space, and eventually it would it would wind up failing. Um, we moved from tin-based components to tin lead. We found that by putting lead on the tin element, uh, we could actually stop the fracturing from happening. And then let's fast forward to 2000-2003 time frame when the European Union introduced something called ROHAS, the Restriction of Hazardous Substance. And at the top of that list was something called lead that they wanted to get out of all products. And we started moving back in the commercial world to lead-free parts. And Don, I'll let you pick it up from there if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were commenting about the tin whisker issue.
3: Yeah, so the Tin Whiskers, obviously we had a bunch of failures and they were trying to find out why, and, and moving forward with the problems with the Whiskers, there's, there's other features that we have now with metal migrations, they have other things, but this has created a big dilemma because the OCMs have already transferred their manufacturing over to the new technology. Uh, which has put a strain on the high rail parts because they've had to go and source all of the older parts, the older technology, uh, to, to be confident in the reliability for those projects, uh, which basically you can't buy through a franchise distributor. You're basically having to go through the independent distribution channels to do that. And what I wanted to talk a little bit about was uh, the independent distributor model, which... Now, technically, it's probably the best choice to do risk mitigation. Um, what we do specifically is, is help with the projects up front with component data analysis to help identify these problems in the industry, uh, help with the procurement risk mitigation necessary for those projects to drive that information to the customer. So they know ahead of time when they're going to build these projects of can this material be procured ahead of time Uh, A simple scenario maybe is uh, a customer is going to build 10 missiles to the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go and procure all the material and all of a sudden, oh, Mr. Government, I can only make nine of these missiles. What most people don't know is they have to write a check for that 10th missile because they took a contract to build those 10 missiles. So it's uh, it's become very vital for hybrid distributors that have the component data, the distribution, the risk mitigation to work directly with these integrators and primes.
2: That that does seem to make a lot of sense. I think they call it planning. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's again sharing a little bit of uh, history here. I can remember sitting in a um, uh, what would be a. A startup, but a engineering environment, saying, and this was in the late '70s, saying, "Gee, 2000 is a long way off, and I don't think we really need to worry about a date transition from the 1999 to 2000 time frame." This seems to have some of the same uh, thoughts coming back to memory.
3: Yeah, it's cyclical, like definitely. You can say that. Um, Some of the other features to help do that, which the independents have kind of been pushed. Um, It's very fortunate for the independents because a lot of this was driven from the franchise people because they felt some of the independents were being competitive. And the, the independents now had to jump through a few more hoops. You had to get certifications. You had to have more core competencies. You had to be transparent. You have to have the risk mitigation. And fortunate for us, we've done that. And the franchise realm has not mitigated that yet. So a certain percentage of business is coming through the independent channel, which is the only source to, to find this material.
2: Yeah, I've heard a number of folks say that the push to reduce the supply chain, to limit purchasing to... OEMs, and uh, trust, trusted, as they used to be called, trusted or franchised dealerships. While it certainly is um, a way to talk about it, reality is, it long term, it just won't work. It's it's kind of like telling the world they're going to buy every car, has to be bought from a franchise uh, outlet that sells Ford or, or any of the other major cars.
3: Uh, uh, and I understand, and luckily, since you mentioned the word trusted from the OCMs and the franchise, um, there's been a new movement uh, for the independents. Um, the Defense Logistics Agency has created two programs, knowing this was an issue, to actually vet uh, a handful of independent distributors under under two models. One is called a QSLD, Qualified Supply Listed Distributor, that buys confidence stock directly from the OCM, Uh, directly from the franchise guy and is uh, uh, available to place that product in the Defense Logistics Agency's uh, stock. Okay. The the other one is called the QTSL, Qualified Test Supply, listed, which is a program to procure non-confident stock, material that may be surplus. Um, And how that has to work is you have to be, the new word is trustworthy. Um, and again, we had mentioned the DOD, DMEA previously, the Trusted Foundries. they right. kind of they coined that phrase, trusted. So now the independents are able to use this word trustworthy to identify being vetted by the government to provide this. So not only being vetted to do this and having a system manual, your system procedures, your work instructions, your trained personnel, and your evidence, um, you have... A risk mitigation program to go through that is driven from the 6081 the aerospace 6081 process for independence for mitigating risk uh, which allows you to do visual inspections all the way through and electrical testing um, kind of what the and you would know this through the old PVT product value testing of the government yes so they've, they've kinda of offloaded that now to the independence and there's been a handful of us that have stepped up and are available to do that so it's 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 worked quite well. Uh, where now some of the primes and integrators um, have reduced their supplier base list to pick up these trustworthy people and give them exclusive rights to to deal with them.
2: Does that exclusivity? And I can I can sense our audience immediately uh, coming back saying, "Well, gee, if it's exclusive, then." Potentially, we're paying a, a very high price for something. Is that going to be a problem, do you think? Well, it's it's not so much a
3: price because it still is competitive. You still have other trustworthy people that are allowed to compete for that business. Uh, but you have to remember, uh, how is all this equipment being procured? How is this new personnel being paid for? It's... To get started, it's, it's probably over a million dollar investment just to get started in this, to have this, this stuff going. The There is one other point I wanted to mention, that this uh, non-confident stock through the QTSL program and the QSLD program must also have um, a new botanical DNA mark placed on all microcircuits, the stock class 5962, which really helps for Trace to identify where that product came from, so the liability can be tracked all the way back to that distributor. So those distributors are, are vetted to do the job to provide proper components under a proper process to alleviate that counterfeit uh, mitigation.
2: That, that's really what it's all about is it, integrity. Uh, when, you, when you get right down to it, it's integrity and traceability, it seems like.
3: And in the other key word you want to forget nowadays with this is transparency. Oh, the, yes. new, the new standard is written so strictly that a distributor um, not only has to know the application for the project, the risk of the supplier, the, we actually have a scoring system and a classification for these and the certifications and all this is driven to our customers and it is also we also have to tell them who we're buying the product from.
2: This is the result of, uh, and I'm asking, I'm not stating, but uh, as I understand, this is the result of the um, the committee hearings that Levin and McCain had. I think it's the uh, Armed Forces Services, Armed Forces Committee.
3: Yes, and it go into Section 818.
2: Right, and they decided, and this would have been back in around 2011, the end of 2011, when they decided that, transparency and liability were going to be clearly identified and shared throughout the supply chain.
3: Exactly, and there is one other step also, and it is reporting. um, And it is uh, confiscating uh, material that's been identified fraudulent, substandard, or counterfeits. And what that encompasses is if an an independent brings in this non-confident stock, puts it through the batteries of testing the visual and electrical testing and finds a part has been is fraudulent or is suspect or is counterfeit which actually violates the intellectual property from the component manufacturer we are kind of a watchdog to to get that product out of the industry and the reporting that has to be done with that also is now we report to the uh, IPRC we report to GuideUp. We report to other industry consortiums, ERAI, and another newest uh, group that I'm a member of is called KEMA, the Counterfeit uh, Avoidance Mark Alliance, which it has a lot of good things uh, coming for us in the near future.
2: That's uh, th- those are you know some excellent points, and I I personally do recall, and I again I'm <laughs> not trying to tell people just how old I am, but. I date back to the Atari days when Atari was new on the scene and the old uh, cartridges were supposed to be destroyed and buried and turned up on what was then referred to as the gray market, which takes us all the way back around to the recycling programs and the waste electric electronic and trying to get all of this out of landfill which just while well, on one side it, it helps us improve the way we manage the environment uh, we see it now popping up as a as I recall, let's see, it's six billion dollars cost to the government, US government for military I think that's the number I recall hearing and uh, 250 billion dollars for general economy uh, which includes the consumer industry.
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite rampant. And, and what people have to realize, this isn't just a, a, a U.S. problem. This is a global problem.
2: Yeah, that that's also a, an excellent point. Um, as you mentioned, uh, CAMA, the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, which I'm also involved with, uh, one of the things that I've noted in their work is that other countries are definitely Uh, Very interested in what's happening. Uh, Taiwan is is one of the countries that is looking at becoming a a part of the CAMA alliance on an international level. Australia is another one that uh, is is getting involved. Um, I think it was last week when uh, we had Aaron uh, Coker from the U.K. in chatting with Aaron. Uh, I understand the U.K. is very interested in what's happening in this area as well and believe it or not I've attended a meeting and the some key folks from China uh, while we tend to, to blame China for a lot of the counterfeit material getting back to us uh, the government or semi what we call the semi-government organizations over there are looking very keenly at this because they're finding their own people are uh, at risk now
3: well they found that for last years so you have to remember uh, Shan, too, is a whole city where e-waste goes. And if one family can refurbish parts and make $15,000, that's enough revenue to support a whole family for a year. But conversely, conversely, now, some of these fabs, these big fabs contractually are going over there, and it is taking, they're building their own parts there now, and it's taking away from their revenue. So we have seen a slight uh, more controlling from the the Chinese government on this. It's slow going but it's the first step in the right direction.
2: Yes. Uh, and I have had the opportunity to work with a number of folks in in China uh, for many years now and while there certainly is corruption as there is in just about every country in the world and there is those, there are those that are um, opportunists shall we say Uh, There's a greater majority of of real honest people who, like ourselves here in the U.S., are looking for the more positive side of industry and the way things get done. Exactly. We have just uh, literally about 30 seconds left before we go to break here. And uh, Don, if you would, uh, your thoughts on the future. Where's counterfeit going to go?
3: Well, the, the thing is you mentioned, the, there's always going to be opportunists out there. And if you're not dealing with an independent distributor that, that has these competencies to mitigate the risk and to identify it the head, these problems are not going to go away. So it starts with communication, transparency, and understanding your distributor and your needs. And it has to be taken and educated in the operation scale from the customers, taken away from the purchasing site, and really given to the quality management side. We need to see a transition in that to make sure this doesn't proliferate longer.
2: Uh, Very, very well stated. And I would add to that that while we talk about airplanes and missiles a lot, um, we have to add to that all the medical devices, the automotive, the tanks, the the trucks, the uh, trains. I mean, the list goes on. Anything that could potentially harm us as human beings uh, or pets, if you will. All of it matters. Well,
3: exactly, because you know we've all—most people have been impacted. You know, by counterfeits, and you know it affects the projects, the revenue, jobs, and, and let's be candid, warfighters' lives. That's where it really goes.
2: Yes. Well, Don, I want to thank you tremendously for uh, taking your time today. I know you've got an extremely busy schedule, and uh, this, this is uh, certainly you know, very important to the world at large. I appreciate all your input, and perhaps we can talk you into coming back on the show again in the future. That would be
3: fantastic. Uh, thank you again. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you, Don. Okay, we're going to take a uh, short break here. Uh, Voice America is going to identify themselves as the radio station you're listening to, and our sponsors will once again uh, share with you what they're trying to do. We'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manufacturer? Manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety.
0: Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat.com at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salot, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People.
2: Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salot, Jr. I'd like to welcome you back to today's show Black Friday sales. Verify first, buy later. In our first two segments today, we heard from Don Baker, C-Trend. He's the CEO at C-Trend. And what they're doing to eradicate the costly and potentially deadly counterfeit component pandemic, both on the national and the international levels. As you've heard me talk before with various guests, it is a real problem. It's a problem that is in part uh, created by um, folks who just are out to make a buck any way they can, and they create fraudulent material, sell it to anybody they can over the Internet. They run and hide quickly, but in the course of doing all this, they literally amass a great deal of, of income from it. The U.S. military has reported a problem that runs in the $6 billion-a-year figures, uh, and that's just on counterfeit that they've been able to identify. So it is a real problem. There are a lot of great folks like uh, Don Baker, C-Trend, our sponsor, uh, uh, Secure Components, uh, Todd Kramer and his team out in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And others. Uh, We have a host of folks that are working that issue, I believe. Although it's early, I think we can honestly say that the work that uh, SAE and others have done to put together standards and conformity assessment are certainly helping. We have a long ways to go, but we're getting there. Another topic that's near and dear to our work and our, our mission here is the counterfeit, not the counterfeit, but the hazardous substances. You've heard me talk over uh, the past several weeks about the lead, the mercury, the cadmium, the hexylvania chromate, uh, fire uh, fire retardants, uh, flame retardants, the PBDs, PBDE. I know these are all things that can boggle the mind, but at the end of the day what it is is heavy metals that can and do or have been proven to have a negative um, impact on human life as well as animal life in general Uh, it's been found in many different animals besides human beings and as a result of that a lot of work has been going on over the past ten fifteen twenty years to minimize the amount of these hazardous substances in uh, everyday consumer products, as well as industry and other uh, other uses. Um, this is a particularly interesting time of year, and it is fairly traditional. Although I hate to see it happen, but. This is the time of year when lots of products are being shipped into various countries, manufactured all over the world. We are a global economy today. So products are manufactured everywhere, a lot of places that don't have a lot of regulation or oversight. And the products wind up coming into countries like the United States with excessive amounts of hazardous substances in them. On a, on a good day, they're caught by the customs agents, the Homeland Security groups, and others that sit at the docks and the borders and look for, um, in essence, counterfeit. they hazardous substance-laden parts or materials or products. I just read this week, or I guess it was the end of last week, I just saw and, and read about 20,000... Uh, t- dolls that were shipped into the u s and all of them had an excess uh, amount of phthalates in them. This is a uh, material or a chemical used to make the the doll itself soft the plastic soft and pliable. Uh, these were shipped in uh, destined for your you know your um, your household under your Christmas tree or Hanukkah bush or whatever happened to be the holiday, uh, these toys were destined for your children. Something that we are trying to mitigate by use of something called the hazardous substance free mark uh, by having in in the same way that we've talked about the counterfeit and having a trusted supply chain or a trustworthy supply chain In this case, what we're really talking about is having manufacturers that actually understand the problem, know how to make products properly, have the mitigation programs in place so that when they're making the product, whatever it is, the toy doll, the toy train, the uh, plastic toys used in the sandbox, uh, the baby rattles, the pacifiers, and the list goes on and on. That these manufacturers actually do understand what they're doing. They have the programs in place to actually look at the raw materials prior to their use and the processes used to make those products and ensure that they're doing that in a way that reduces the amount of hazardous substance, keeps it below a level that's hazardous to our, our health. We started doing this work back in 2005, just a couple of years after the European Union put in place what's known as the restriction of hazardous substance um, directives, as well as the waste electrical and electronic equipment recycling programs, we here in the U.S. created a program for actually assessing manufacturers to ensure that what they were making was being made in accordance with the regulations and the rules, the directives that the world had been uh, developing over a period of time. I'm extremely pleased, on one hand, to say that there are now over 4,200 of these uh, facilities that make uh, products that we buy every day. Over 4,200 worldwide certified and undergo an annual surveillance. This is that point that Don Baker was just making, the trustworthiness of the supply chain knowing that there are manufacturers that take this to heart. And while I don't have direct permission uh, by any of these folks, I will tell you that there's a company called Hire Corporation out of Chinda, uh, China. They make a lot of air conditioning equipment, cell phones, televisions, refrigerators, uh, washers, dryers. They are, in fact, certified under this HSPM program, this Hazardous Substance Program. What they don't have is the HSF mark. And they don't have that because we as the buying community don't insist on having the products marked with a label that we fully recognize. That's what the HSF uh, Hazardous Substance Free Mark Alliance is uh, working towards having a common mark used by all manufacturers. And as I was saying, Higher Corporation is one that uh, we know is certified and undergoes annual surveillance. ASUS Technologies, perhaps uh, I think the second, maybe the third, uh, might be the fourth, third or fourth, largest producer of computers today. They're another organization, in fact, I had the pleasure of working with them back in 2005 when they started their program. They were one of the first to embrace the hazardous substance-free uh, process management program and actually achieve certification. LG is another one. While it's not all of their products, it is many of them uh, that you can actually trust um, the, uh there's another one here in the U.S. where a product is still made in the U.S., Whirlpool. There's another organization or another company that makes hazardous substance-free materials or products, if you will. And um, again, while they don't use the HSF mark, uh, you can find them uh, as a qualified supplier of, with a certification for hazard, hazardous substance process management. With over 4,000 of these certified manufacturers in the world today, I think the time has come for us to embrace, or for them to embrace, a single trust mark or mark of trust, which we again profess as the HSF mark, uh, the Hazardous Substance Free mark. Uh, if you want more information on that, you can look. You can find it on the uh, www.hsf.us. Uh, today, again, uh, I'm I'm sharing with everybody, now is the time to be very diligent. It is the holiday season. A lot of purchasing will be done, a lot of procurement uh, for the end-of-year production in companies. So whether you're purchasing for your family and friends for the holidays or you're purchasing for your boss, or your coworkers uh, for the purpose of building products, it is a time to pay particular attention to what you're buying and to do your due diligence to ensure that what you're getting is in fact uh, hazardous substance-free as well as counterfeit-free. We're coming to the end of our show today. And uh, other than reminding you again that our sponsors, uh, Business and Quality Process Management, they're there to help you uh, when you need assistance in either training or consulting services. Also secure components, uh, independent distributor of uh, hard-to-find obsolete, obsolete materials, both in uh, mechanical components as well as electronic People-to-people working together for your safety is all about giving every man, woman, and child a voice in the fight against hazardous substance and uh, counterfeit-free or counterfeit materials found in products we buy and use every day. Together, we can make a difference. You've heard me talk to folks like Don Baker today and others in the same uh, industries. Please join me. Come back again next week, and uh, again, we'll try and share things that are of importance to all of us in both the, the hazardous substance and counterfeit world. In the meantime, have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a great, great holiday season wherever you are and whatever you're doing. This is Stan Slott, wishing you all well, and have a wonderful week. Thank you for
1: listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.